they say if you are a big fan of Pulp Fiction, uh, American Psycho, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Joker, uh, Fight Club, that those are all indications that you're a toxic gaslighting fuckboy film bro. <laughs> I, love, I love all those movies. I know, those me great, too. They're so good. That's a red flag. <laughs> It's a red flag. Uh, welcome, everybody, to uh, Waving the Red Flag podcast, the number one dating, relationship, love, and sex podcast in all of Atlanta, Melbourne, Australia, the universe. And today, uh, the number one uh, movie and film podcast, too. I mean, sorry, number two. I don't, I'm not going to disrespect y'all. It's, it's up there. We're getting Yeah, it's the one top ten, you know, who, who, who's counting? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Five We're actually big in difference. Australia. We're pretty big. Yeah, actually. we have a big audience. We're not even big in Australia, honestly. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm doing. Our audience they is trash. They love movies down there. We were surprised. Yeah, they got Melbourne is Melbourne does a lot. Um, today yeah. we've got on the podcast Anthony and James from the Raiders of the Lost podcast. Uh, podcast. Much much What's awaited up, crossover. People have been asking for this one for a long time. Oh, nice. Oh, I don't really? know who. I don't know who, but they've been asking. They've been wanting it for a while. <laughs> We've been got yeah, tell we, you. we started last year. We've been building a base over the last year, so we're getting a little traction. We're happy with it so far. Oh no, y'all are yeah. I've I've been following y'all for for a while. Y'all are like, in terms of TikTok film podcasts, y'all are I would say my number number one. Like, thanks for following. That. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Y'all in the we, we y'all, try to keep the people entertained. Y'all and y'all do it well. Y'all have some of the best goddamn tidbits on that shit. Like every time I I, I come on TikTok, I'm learning some new shit about a movie that I didn't know I needed to so know. We're about. Trying to do. Yeah. We're trying to do. Spread lots the of lots of research. I bet y'all spend a Please. shit ton of time on that shit. I watch it. I watch it. <laughs> Damn, they doing research? Oh, yeah. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie you, you got to step it up a notch. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, what you, they're doing research. <laughs> we just get on this bitch and just start talking. <laughs> you can't be rolling out of bed to the camera anymore, man. Come on, just <laughs> <laughs> See, when we FaceTime, yeah. he rolled out of bed when we FaceTime to, to talk. And That's true. Oh, yeah. my he shirt. didn't have a shirt on. Yeah, I didn't oh, have yeah. a shirt on. My, <laughs> head was st- my head was wrapped up. He, he was living I, in bed too, was I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> 2021. I still had curlers and shit in. I was like, hey, how y'all? Uh, How no, y'all doing? No. One, one time he actually answered the phone with me just like this. <laughs> just on, in the bed, just like <laughs> it sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? That's I'm, I'm I'm comfortable with you guys. There's no need to roast me. I'm comfortable with you guys. Appreciate it. Much like hey. I'm comfortable with, you know, lying on a podcast. Like I don't care about what the facts are <laughs> or research. It's just I'm just saying stuff. Whatever's fun, you know? Yeah, it's most podcasts, man. But ours like, ours works better with the research. So we do each episode, we have uh, our laptops in front of us and we have like bullet points of things that we want to talk about. We try to hit them and it helps guide us for the hour and a half, two hours that we're talking about that film. See, we do the same shit, but we don't never talk about the shit that's on the list. <laughs> it ends up going, because I got, I'll tell you all the list that's on here right now and see see if any of them resonate with you. I got uh, best date night movies. So that's, you know, if you're fucking somebody, what, what should you watch? Uh, terrible movie <laughs> romance tropes. Uh red flag favorite movies that's actually one of my favorite ones because that shit has been big on the internet recently like motherfuckers discovered that if you like certain movies that means you're a narcissist psychopath or sociopath and they are going <laughs> they go well, i know y'all are aware I of this shit, right they say if you are a big fan of pulp fiction uh oh. american psycho wolf of wall street uh joker uh fight club that those are all indications that you're a toxic gaslighting fuck boy film bro 
<laughs> I, love, I love all those movies. I know, me great, too. They're so good. The that's like the most. That's like the most superficial. Like I'm in yeah. seventh grade and discovered movies analysis of any shit I've ever heard. Like, that's wait, I don't like men. Pulp Fiction changed <laughs> movies forever. Come on, Jesus. Exactly. It's yeah. it's a high. It's basically a highbrow like film at this point. So you're saying yeah. like, oh, everybody that, oh, if you like Fight Club, you're a bro. Like, yeah. oh my God, you took you Dude. took eighth grade literature and now you like think that you're smart. Okay. And American Psycho is a comedy. You're supposed to laugh at it. It's good, man. Yeah. It's good, it's man. Great. Yeah, you don't like a movie, don't watch it. Don't, don't look at it. it, eat it. Come on, it's a great movie. Who doesn't love that? Yo, I'm I'm Jesus. I'm I'm. I'm increasingly concerned about the um the energy that i've curated on this podcast because nobody pushed back and was like well you know actually if you think about some of the tropes that these films espouse they do tend to be aligned with people who have some more misogynistic or alt-right tendencies all of us were just like man fuck these bitches they don't know it's, nothing about movies no, no it, it's 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 literally it's literally because like people who think that about those movies in particular I'm, there are definitely movies that are misogynistic like 100 yeah. percent. but about that core group of movies specifically they're missing the point american psycho is 100 percent the best example yeah like it's literally it's literally supposed to be like satire yeah, so yeah it's satire like, on that culture of that like high-end exactly. wall street lifestyle those and that's rich what, that's what kids. Pe people don't understand about wolf of wall street um scorsese mm. people get upset because he think they think he glorifies that life but like the thing is he wants to tell a story the only way to tell a story is to tell it's, it's to show what the, it's those guys it. did and you have mm. to be honest and truthful to be able to get that story across. And all, yeah. like the guy, the, they all lost at the end. It's not like they won in the end. That's a very good point. Goodfellas is also, I, I wonder if it's on that list, but that's one of my favorite fucking movies. That shit is. Oh, Goodfellas, yeah. Oh my yeah, God. That's my number like two. The, it's the same list of guys in their dorm room. They have a poster of that movie. Like that's that <laughs> list as well. I had that, Absolutely. I had a poster on my MySpace when I was a kid. Good, Goodfellas. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. As long I as I can remember, I always wanted to be <laughs> a gangster. That's you don't just, like the movie, don't watch it. That's like saying people become violent because they watch violent movies. And that's a lot mm. more complex issue that one thing leads to another. You know let what me, I mean? Let me give one little. I think the argument is that, yes, a lot of those movies are satire and they're meant to be like a or, or people would argue that they're meant to be a send up of toxic masculinity or whatever you want to say. But that a lot of people that really, really, really love those films are missing that point. So it's not a red flag that you love the movie. It's a red flag that like, why do you love the movie? And a lot of people yeah, but, who like all those yeah. movies are like, oh, Patrick Bateman is fucking cool. Oh, the clockwork orange nigga is cool. Oh, you know, the Joker is cool. Oh, uh, Tyler Durden is cool without any further analysis of like, oh, it's actually making fun of that shit. That's the argument. I'm not, you know. Yeah. I think people look at the surface of these movies. Like, obviously, American Cycle, the surface is terrible. Um, but Fight Club, for example, on the surface, if you don't really analyze or you just look at it angrily and you, you're not going to like it before you watch it, on the surface, yeah, it can look like that lifestyle. But underneath it, the, real, the themes, it's about like finding yourself, finding a path in life, and it has like undercore elements of the movie and storyline that actually mm. people relate to beneath the surface though, but people don't want to look below it. No, that's true. This is, this is honestly the first time I've heard that someone has a, an issue with Fight Club. Like, yeah. Oh, that's that's real. That's real. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'll be honest. I'm not like a huge movie person, but like I saw Fight Club like a, a long time ago and I loved it. And like Fight Club had been out for like years at this point mm. when I finally watched it. And I was talking to my homegirl. I was like, yo, have you ever seen Fight Club? She was like, no. Nah. I was like, yo, I see why it's a classic. It's actually a really good movie. About a couple weeks later, she came back. She was like, hey, I watched Fight Club, and you were right. Like, that shit was so good. And I just never thought anything of it after that. Like, you know? It's fucking great. So, it's a, it's yeah, a great fucking movie. I did not know it that we were offended by Fight yeah. Club. 
It depends on what people view a movie, what lens they through it view. Like mm. what, what lens they view it through. Like if they already have an idea in their head about that film, they'll project it onto the movie and mm. use it as a way to confirm their own beliefs about something. Yeah. And it's mm. like I feel I feel like and I'm I'm gonna have probably the first like truly controversial like point of this of this podcast. Ooh. But oh, there there are movies that I feel like people don't even they don't even try to view the film in anything other than that lens. So like mm-hmm. a prime example is The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. <laughs> I feel like that shit <laughs> the no, last like, nigga and, and again, Tom that's Hanks. why you're that's yeah. why you're laughing. So it's like <laughs> yeah. so it's like you, you, you see Tom Cruise you see the title is Last Samurai and you don't give that movie a chance. That is one of like the best like cultural appreciation movies I've ever mm. fucking seen. That's exactly like, that's a great movie. point. That's a great point. That is a that is a good yeah. fucking cultural appreciation movie. And like okay. people don't give that shit a chance because they see Tom Cruise and they see the title is The Last Samurai and they're like they're saying Tom Cruise is the Last Samurai. This is X Y Z and they don't a give white a man chance. can't yeah. even a Japanese <laughs> man can't even be Japanese. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> the they, Last Samurai. They stole the one role Japanese. from a Japanese. That's, That's That up. movie falls into the white savior trope that people mm-hmm. like to say it's a white savior movie, but that film, if you watch the movie, it's about a man changing cultures, being brought into this new culture and at tr- tr- uh, having trouble dealing with it and then eventually accepting it and embracing this culture and living by this culture. So that's what that movie's really about. But yeah. people will say he dies trying to preserve it. He dies trying to preserve that culture. And then, and then at the end, like at the end, they themselves, because that was during that whole like, you know, Matthew Perry era of like Japan where like Western imperialism was being imposed upon them. Yeah. And like the Japan, movie, yeah. yeah, the movie ends with them saying like, you know, we got to be investing in the world, but we can't forget who the fuck we are either. Like it was just like that movie, that movie was a phenomenal cultural appreciation movie and people just don't give it a fucking chance and i'm convinced that the people who don't give it a chance never sat down and really tried to watch the movie to give it a chance that's honestly i'm right there with them like i until you i'm gonna go watch it now that you said that because i was like when paul mooney made fun of that movie like 15 years ago i was like i'm never watching that movie and i just made that decision in my head i'm never interested in it like that's an incredible you know, movie. It's beautiful. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, okay. it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Kim, fucking Kim Watanabe gives the gives the yes. performance of his fucking life in that yeah. movie, bro. Yeah. Like, you like, could even like, look at him damn. as the last samurai. You could think Ken Watanabe's character is the last samurai. That's how you could interpret it if you want. Yeah. Mm. Yo, yeah. Uh, James, you said something earlier that I kind of was curious about. Cause I but you you mentioned something about the video games thing. Like the video games could cause violence and that kind of shit. Do you think is if a movie is bad or people don't like the messaging, is it as simple as like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Cause you said something like that. Or do you think that filmmakers, creators, whatever have like such a strong enough impact that they have a responsibility, like with what they're making, they've got, they need to be careful or that you can actually do something really criminal by making a certain film or having a certain trope. I think it depends on the film. Cause obviously we're talking about fight club. That's rated R, right? But comes rated R for hard sure. R, yeah. So that's a hard R mature audience. It's adults. You kind of go into that, even just watching the trailer, knowing that, you know, this movie's definitely geared towards men, specifically uh, going from teenage years to adulthood for sure, 20s. So I think that it's okay to admit that an audience, a film has a specific audience. I think that's okay. I think a lot of people think that every movie has to have every audience member included and make everyone want to see it. But I think it's okay if a project has is geared to towards these people or it's geared to this mm. age group or it's geared to this sex or gender. So I, I think I'm not saying, I, w- I don't, I wouldn't say that violent movies 
causes people to act violently. I mean, I've been watching violent movies since I was like four. Our brothers, our brothers showed us Blade when we were kids and in Chucky. So I have never gone on a violent rampage in my life. But I think that it's okay for filmmakers and storytellers to tell a story they want. And I, I don't see the harm in that personally. And if you want to be curious about those stories, you know, if it's rated R, be aware it's a rated R movie if you're under 18 years old. But I think it's okay to accept other films. I like every kind of genre, every kind of movie. doesn't matter, rom-com, whatever. I don't care who's in it. I'll watch anything. But I think some people sometimes can be cynical about the stories they want to go see because they watch the trailer and maybe it turns them off. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to get upset about a movie, maybe you shouldn't watch it. Did you... Can, can... Can you really say if you're going to be upset about a movie, then you shouldn't watch it? Because how would you know if you're upset by this movie if you didn't watch it, you know? I think some people go into movies, some of them knowing they're going to hate it, because and because of that mentality, they'll refuse to, ex- to enjoy it. Yeah. You won't be able to enjoy the film itself or the story itself or what the filmmakers and the thousands of people who worked on it are trying to do. There's a great yeah. quote, a great, great Tarantino quote where someone was attacking him, a journalist was attacking him because Kill Bill is so violent and this journalist is saying, why do you have to make your movie so violent? Mm. And he's like, well, I'm Tarantino. It's a Tarantino movie. It's going to be violent. You should already know that going into my movie. That's what all my movies have. And also it has the R rating. And so this movie says that the audience needs to be at a mature level to be able to watch this movie. And already, if you're going to walk into a movie generally you know if it's going to have graphic content you're aware of that and you're ready for that and you're accepting that by paying your, a ticket to go see a film so i think if people react poorly to a film um it's not you can't say it's their fault but they should have known going into it that there's going to be graphic content if you just look at the rating you look at the trailer if that filmmaker has a history of doing that in their films then that's likely going to be the case see because i i feel like i'm and, also worried that if we handcuff creators and, and filmmakers and storytellers mm-hmm. and artists of how they're supposed to make their movie, then they're never going to be able to fulfill the artistic vision that they specifically want. If they have to do it like this, if they have to do it like that. Yeah. yeah because if you affect one art form, you're going to affect every other art form because music has violence in it. Graphic novels yeah. have violence in it. Novels have violence in it. Um, so every kind of art form has a level of violence or graphic content or nature to it. And so if you're going to regulate one, then you're going to have to start regulating all of them because then that's going to be a snowballing effect. Let me give some, I'll say that one, one, I I agree with you both, but the one caveat that I would add. All right, cool. All right. That's cool. All right. I'll be the one. I'll be the last samurai. Go ahead, Alvin. But (laughs) yeah, but the, but the one caveat I will give, and, and it's, it's this, this one example that I like to give, and there, there are a couple examples, but the biggest one is the fact that when I think of Malcolm X and Malcolm X is one of my heroes, mm-hmm. Malcolm X is one of my heroes. I know his life backwards and forwards and I have to try very hard to not picture Denzel Washington when I think of Malcolm Big X. Facts. So the fact that like that movie had that kind of like impact on me, I'm thinking about what it can impact other people in terms of how they see mental illness, you know, or how they see all, autism or how you know what i mean like a lot of times that's people's first exposure to like a lot of things like that so yep. is the movie portrayal going to impact how i see a certain person how i see a certain you know disability how i see a certain like differently abled like group class it it definitely has an impact but largely by and large i agree with both of you 
Nah, see, uh, let me. I, I 100% agree with what you said, Alvin, and I take it further. I feel like we are underestimating the impact that movies have because, okay, so like Malcolm X, that movie genuinely changed the trajectory of my whole life. Like, and it wasn't like a, you know, day before, day after thing, but I, there's shit that I do now that I can, the kernel of that style of thinking goes back to having seen that movie. And I can say that for multiple different movies. Good Will Hunting for me. Good, Good Will Hunting literally Good Will Hunting, Good Will Hunting literally changed my life. I yeah. literally watched Good Will Hunting and woke up and changed my life. Yeah, and I remember, wow. you, I remember you talking about that. Now that is <laughs> like, a ringing endorsement. <laughs> it's a great movie. Imagine I got my shit like, together. Like, an accredited um, critic like said that about a movie. Like, there was, the, it was Tuesday, then I watched I it, and the then there was morning, the rest of my life. Was a well, better Goodwill, man. Yeah, Goodwill Hunting, their message, though, is incredible, especially mm-hmm. for, for Sean, the, the therapist. His, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and his message to, to Will is incredible of, you should. You have to let go of your past. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. mean, just the monologue he gives at the duck boat scene is incredible at the pond. But the whole theme of that film is accepting your past, and that's the only way to move on with your future. Because if otherwise, you're just stuck. And Will's character is completely stuck in his life in that point. And, and ter- I how- would say, in terms of the Malcolm X to, um, point, that movie's so powerful and so resonant, especially for people in our generation. I think because he wasn't alive when we were growing up. So when you watch that movie, it's as though he's a part of the world again. You know what I mean? And that's why it has so much power and resonance because you never got to see him speak in person, but you watch this movie and it feels like you're watching him speak in person. And it feels like you're there with him at the rallies or whatever situation it is. And so the power, movie do, movies do have a great amount of power in that effect. So I'll give you that for sure. But in terms of when, when it comes to violence, I would say... You can't totally say that movies cause violence because that would say you that you would have to say that movies that violence started hundred yeah, years nah, ago. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. With yeah. the, as a matter of fact, for like the point of bringing up violence, I think when people say violent movies cause violence, I don't think that's that that's the real argument. That's not an argument that I would be making. It's not one to one like that. What I would be saying is films literally like write the framework for how we interpret reality. And I know that this is true for every person that's in this fucking call. There are movies that you watched that told you what a per- certain section of your life would look like decades before you ever experienced it. True love, buying a house, going to a doctor's appointment, you know, starting a business, getting on a boat, getting on an airplane, you know, what a breakup is supposed to look like, what sex and consent is supposed to look like, what say all of that shit. Like you watched it in a movie first and then you experienced it and went, you, maybe you mimed some of the shit that you saw or you went, oh, real life is not like that at all. So the idea that like movies are just art or that they, you know, that we're restricting shit is like, nah, I, I got to push back hard on that. Like there's a reason that there's certain shit that we don't accept in our in movies now because we can't act like censorship or some shit that was invented in the 2020s or 2010s. Like shit has gotten less racist. The things that you're not allowed to say in movies have grown and grown because we know little kids that are you know, 10 and 11 watch that. And then they turn into 45 year old men and women who are enacting that in their reality. We all, we copy what the fuck we see in movies. Whiplash. Rubs off on us. Hunting. Movies rub off on us. Yeah. They, that's, that, that's, so that's what I would say. So yeah, you're not going to yeah. go kill someone, but that's because when you're watching kill bill, it's not your reality. It's not, 
it's a it's a motherfucking samurai who's you know assassin old boyfriend killed her husband it's not you're not copying that because you don't live that life but if you watch something like you know i don't know fucking annie hall or some shit you might think that a 45 year old man <laughs> dating a 17 year old college student is normal you might very well think that because that's a real that's your fucking life when iron man shoots a terrorist in the head that's not you're not going that's what some section of my life will look like whereas you watch malcolm x and you go mm, the, the shit that he's talking about is my reality the some of the sections of so it's like that, yeah. So sure, you're not killing a bunch of people, but that's that that was never the point that I would be making. No, that's no, it's a great point that you're making. It definitely is. And you know, I think it's important for people to be able to decipher through watching stories or and I mean you where you talking about in movies, that's still that was before in books and magazines yeah, yeah. and TV shows. I mean, art. So art that's been our prevalent in art forever. So it's it's I think it's important for people to if they're dealing with issues navigating like that through their life to, you know, realize it is a work of fiction or it's not real unless it's a documentary, mm. but also Them shit's a you kind of have though. to, you have to figure out your life in your own way. And if movies inspire you positively, for sure, that's great. But if, if movies are inspiring you, you negatively in your life, then maybe you should take a step back. Maybe you should talk to people about films. Maybe you should find other movies to watch. So you don't think there's any responsibility on the, fi on the filmmaker or, or like, where, where would you, what, what amount well, of responsibility? Well, if describe, any, a, describe a situation where it would be the filmmaker's responsibility of something happening. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see. So I'm, I'm gonna go romance films. Fuck. There's so many, but the it's... one that I, the one that I would touch on would be seeing these like grand displays of affection from, from men towards women that gives these, these unreal expectations of one of what men are supposed to do in order to get their female partner. But then two, it's almost like half the shit is like kind of stalkery and super aggressive and not really taking no for an answer type shit. And I do think that that replicates itself in our reality as, as normal, you know, niggas love to say normalize it normalizes shit to where it's like, Oh, that's, you know, if a girl says no to you, you're supposed to throw a rock up against her window, get, you know, <laughs> three or four of your homies and intimidate her in her lawn in the middle of the rain. And that's, that's a way that but, you can express that. Yeah. That so would be two one things, example. two things, okay. two things. One, I don't think, I don't think any of like, and, and, and I think this is ultimately the point that, that, that we're coming at you with mm. is that that's not because of movies. That's patriarchal entitlement that started long before movies existed. Hey, and that was normal. That though. was normalized long before and movies I, oh, and reinforced. You make it. You making the argument of like X, Y, and Z didn't invent such and such. I didn't say the movie invented it, but you can perpetuate some shit. That's what I'm saying. So don't don't come with me that, that they they needed to have invented. You can perpetuate the shit. But okay, but you know I'm right. So go ahead. Yeah, but my second point was that a lot of times and and I talk about this on Twitter all the time follow me diversity higher but big facts shout out these grand gestures you you 100% don't need to do that shit in real life and women don't really expect that shit outside of like their Instagram posts and like the movies anyway so how much how much impact does that really have and like if you do you're a cornball exactly <laughs> no like no so i was There's talking to a of fantasy to it sure yeah but i was yeah. talking to a friend and and her like she has the she has a friend who did like this huge song and dance number for his wife mm. you know like very successful guy but did like a song she and dance number boy. posted a video and i was like man he went through a lot of work for something that i could like get the same effect for with one tiffany bucks 
You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's just it's just like it's just like you did all you did all that and I'm gonna get the exact same impact with one box. You're not addressing that anything. Took me you're not addressing five nothing. minutes to order. You're not addressing anything essential to my point. Because the point right, is, no, I, no, some, I, yeah, some well, people, no, like, I, 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 some I, people I, I, do your it. Your first point, I felt like that was a, an effective counter. But my whole thing is like, regardless of what you think is enforced, if nobody's actually doing the shit, then it's not that enforced. Okay, first of all, corny niggas are doing it or normalized. That, corny niggas are doing it, and two, in mass, fact, in mass, are they doing it? Things, no, oh, they're okay, not. no, 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 they're, they're not doing no, no, it in mass. No, no, they, they are, they are. Not, not, not the you know shit tons of balloons and all of that kind of shit, but the 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 stalking behavior. Yes, niggas do that, one hundred percent. I've heard. Oh, I, 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 I addressed them as two different points. Okay, no, no, you're, no, you're right about stalking the, behavior. The you're right shit. about stalking the behavior. The shit, the idea of showing up to somebody's house, showing up to somebody's work, calling them repeatedly, all of that shit as romance. Motherfuckers do that shit. I know that for yes, a fact. Yes, you're right. So I would say right. that that more it's a complex correlation because it has so much to do with the person already and how they behave their own behavior because like, i've seen every rom-com mm. and i've never ever had the intention or the desire to duplicate anything that they've done or like i just knowing that if i went to a girl's house to reject me and threw rocks in her window i knew that that would not end well yes. and that would be a stupid thing to do so i think Marcella. there's a, a combination of maybe someone can be influenced by a movie but if they're influenced by a movie to do that Maybe there's a little something going on in their head. Nah. Maybe like they're already nah. behaving that way. A lot of guys, there are guys out there that don't accept rejection well, and it makes them True. super desperate. And they put girls on pedestals and they'll do whatever they can to get attention from them. And I think that there are plenty of guys that are already like that. And it's hard to say that that can influence a guy watching a scene in a movie can influence a guy to become like that. Whereas I would say a lot of them already are like that if they behave that way. I mean, take it out of films, bring up The Bachelor. I mean, do you think the average girl wants to date a guy who's dating 28 other girls at the same time? So uh, I think yes. you're going to take yourself out of reality. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, 100%. What do you, what kind of, <laughs> they just don't want to know about it. Like. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You really thought oh you did God. something with no, that, James? Same, yeah, the yes, they house. do. <laughs> in the same house, though, like having oh, yeah. sex in the other room. Like, yeah. Exactly. I think, I think that's there's realism that you gotta film is escapism, but you have sure. to realize that it's not reality. But of course, I think you're, I think both parties are right. Like there is definitely influence on people. Um, I'm sure some people are inspired to do di different acts towards other people because of they've seen it in a movie or something like that. But I think that it's a very small percentage of people. And again, if, if you're carrying out actions that you've seen in film, that's a disturbing thing. And I think they would have found influence from, for things like that anywhere else whether it be a book tv movies i think they're all any kind of media they would have found that i think it's a numbers game though like i agree that most people who have a solid sense of self are less likely to be influenced but you've got hundreds of movies coming out every year some of them are going to hit and everybody's going to be impacted a little bit alvin and i have both been impacted by one of the same films and it and it changed aspects of our lives and i know that movie had that impact on lots of other people I'm not, yeah, I'm not super saying that movies influenced. don't inspire people to take different directions in life, though. That's and those the directions can be positive or negative, and a person doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily know. And yeah, a dude stalking, he probably already has some emotional disturbances. But if he was just on that fence, or she was just on that fence, watching a movie where you go, "Hmm, I feel something. What should I do with that feeling?" If you've got fifty rom coms to look back on, that might be the thing that tips you know one out of every hundred person over that over that ledge. And they would think that it would be like a romantic gesture in their mind. I see exactly. I know They're what you're not saying. thinking I'm doing something negative. Yeah, no, yeah. It's a good point. No, I would just no. counter it with positive relationships in your life. And, you know, 
if you have a father people figure, to keep you in check figure, yeah just friends and good relationships that's uh that's how you i think avoid those dark situations probably. but there are there's a lot of thirst for that fantasy that movies and tv bring in like the bachelor for example and it, it it's not real it's a fantasy and mm. there are a lot of people that are really into those shows really obsessed with them and they it, they know what they're watching isn't real yet they still become devoted to it and that's i think a you could say it's a problem, but it is a, a kind of a concern that people can become so enthralled by those shows mm. where they think like they're participating in it in a way and they're watching every episode and it's they're on like 30 seasons now. And it's just 20 people trying to sleep with one person. And it's a strange situation. Everything's a fantasy. The, the Bachelor, none of it's real. Like he stays in an apartment they paid for. There's a stylist buying clothes for him and dressing him. Like nothing about it is real. But still, people can't help but be gravitated towards a fantasy of romanticism, which is undeniable. Oh, I love and I I love that shit. Like I'm, you know, I'm a I say romantic drama is probably like one of my favorite genres. It's probably like top three. Oh yeah, shit. I love period I, romantic period pieces, man. Oh man, <laughs> oh, Little yeah. Women. That shit slap, bro. I, man, that was a good it fucking movie. That shit was it fucking good. Slow. The mm. Before trilogy, best trilogy of all time. Oh I love man, that yeah, romance that's shit. great. Yeah, that's amazing. amazing. That shit too heavy for me, man. I be getting my feelings. <laughs> that third like, one's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, it's, God damn it. Because it feels like a real fight. So real. It's so real. The damn. dialogue's amazing. They all wrote it together, so that's why it feels like so realistic every fight. Oh. And like Malcolm and Marie felt like that for me too. Every yeah. argument they got in that Is movie. Is it good? Because I, so I, I, I was going to watch it and then people like immediately really shout on it. it and I was like, it's ah, I can't it's watch phenomenal. it. Watch it. But it's those really movies, good. those movies really accurately accurately depict what a relationship is like. Where a lot of people find those hard to watch, like you said, it's hard to watch. But that's because it's reality. And I think one of the great things about movies is to be able to make it to re relate to your life. And if you watch a movie, you can it can help you reflect on things in your own life because you can relate to what what a certain character is going through. Whereas mm. a lot of people, I think the mass mainstream crowds, they like to they like the fluff. They'll they'll absorb the fluff, but they avoid something like Malcolm and Marie because it addresses like what a real relationship the ups and downs and conflicts entail in having a relationship with someone i romanticize you know that shit well right. i'll push back on that so i have the same issue with malcolm and marie that i had with marriage story and it was the fact trash. that you had that two, movie was trash please continue. yeah you had you had an actor and an actress that looked like they had never been in a situation where the relationship turned so bad that they hated somebody and to mm. contrast that with a with a argument where you really you really saw two actors really understand their role, really understand the assignment. Look at Fences. Oh, like oh. like the, Denzel the, don't the miss. argument. The argument Denzel that they don't had, motherfucking miss, bro. Yeah, please. The argument that they had when Denzel had that sideline baby, and he come back and tell her that's two people that had been in been in that had lived. Mm. Like I'm looking at I'm looking at I'm looking at you know john david washington and stuff i'm like has anybody ever broke your heart man i don't think so yeah. or like adam or like adam driver so. has do you have a heart adam driver like has it like, <laughs> no. you know what I'm saying? it's just like i'm, I'm just like I, I don't i didn't feel any of that i wish you get hit by revenue. a bus this ain't a real fight bro scarlett johansson has been through divorce so i think that she was phenomenal in marriage story she's she's incredible she was she was definitely way better than adam driver she but also you, have, you have to factor you have to factor in denzel and viola davis are two of the great actors of our time oh without, yeah that's with, not... like they're on a different level from any of those other actors yeah it was really authentic and i mean that he's acted in that play he's been acting in that play for Both of them like, over a, de a yeah. decade so those roles they know so so well in the dialogue mm -hmm. and one of my favorite mo most emotional scenes in fences is when he's talking to his son because his Oof. son just wants approval from his father 
but he never gets it. He just wants him to be proud of him. And he's like, asked why he doesn't like him. He's like, I don't got to like you. Mm. I'm your, I'm your father. I owe you. Mm. I don't have to like you. It's really emotional. And that just, I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that with, if they've had problems with their parents before with their father. It hit me. I, watching that whole movie of fences. I was like, yo, this is a tough watch. This is a tough watch. Cause it is making me question the whole framework of what parental love should and should not look like. Well, that, that character, he's driven by his own inability to succeed in his life because he played in the Negro Baseball League but was never able to perform in the major leagues because he was too old when the, the leagues came together. So he, he kind of hates the world, and so he's projecting that hate onto his family and his son, and that's why he's viewing his, his relationship towards his son as, I, I'm responsible for you, and otherwise, that's it. He seems like he doesn't want his son to have that opportunity because it was stolen from him. So like in a way yeah. he's kind of taking it from his son. Yeah. It's a like filial competition, which yeah. is, mm -hmm. I think that, I feel like that happens a lot. I think that's something that I fear even in myself. And I don't know, Alvin, Josh, you know, James, Anthony, I, I kind of fear what it is to have a son because I feel like from my own dad that there was those elements of like, once you start to go from being a boy, which is a possession to a man, which is a, an equal, there's like, things can go from love to competition. And I, I fear like, will I, will I be mentally, emotionally stable and strong in a way where I'm like, I'm very much happy for my son to surpass who I am as a person. And Cause I feel like that takes a strength that a lot of men are too weak to actually have. And they end up being in competition with their sons. I never really thought about it. Like in, in sense of a fear of being a father and like, you know, this, the, the calf is finally a bull and it's like, it's going to take your position type of thing. Um, I look, that's at, the healthy shit. I, you I, shouldn't. So Good yeah, on you. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But the thing is, like, when I look, when I think about that, I think I think of that in like a fun way. Like, I'm gonna fuck with my son. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like, we're gonna have that type of relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm gonna like when he starts getting older, the way he's able to beat me and stuff. We're mm -hmm. gonna have like a friendly competition, but that's also preparing him for life. But it's also deepening my relationship with my son. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I really think on that depends on like what perspective you have on that. Cause there are some like aspects of fatherhood, you know, that, um, that do scare me, but that's not, that's but not, that's, that's not one, one of them. them. No, that's good. That's good. I hope to get where you're at. What, what does yeah. uh, scare you though? Oh man, possibly, um, not being with the right woman or just things not working out with me and, uh, the wife and how that might affect uh, my kid and possibly not being there because, and this is not an excuse. I, I, wholeheartedly plan on like being in my children's lives for sure. Cause I'm not going to do the same thing that was, you know, done to me. But it is kind of a thing that's in the back of my head. Like, you know, is this, I've lived this in my life. I know what this looks like, you know. So that's that's kind of one thing that does, uh, you know, scare me. Mm, like buckling under the pressure or like having that, that relationship tear, tear a little bit and being Yeah, that, that, that uh, relationship tear or, you know, like divorce, then how that affects the kids, how much you're in your kids' lives and that that dynamic, you know what I mean? And then like sometimes it even comes down to working with the mother of your child and the mother of your child might be blocking you from seeing your kid. So it's, it's yeah. that type of dynamic that scares me not about. Not just a wife, but a co-parent. That's, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. That's yeah. why, I, you know my plan for that. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to risk that shit. Single fatherhood all day. Word? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't you, know your plan for that. What you don't know, you don't know my plan for that? <laughs> it sounds I'm like you're talking about murder over there. <laughs> it's like the single father. <laughs> <my plan>. <laughs> <laughs> she showed me the little stick, and I'm like, all right, bitch, you got nine months. You got nine months left, <laughs> and we're done. No, um, my, my plan is I kind of want to be a single dad through surrogacy on purpose. 
Uh, oh, wow. which which I is a very uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely do. And I think it kind of started off initially as like a little bit of a tongue in cheek, you know, uh, rebellion, whatever. But then I'm like, in, in terms of the cost, and I have actually looked it up, it's, it's very expensive, but it's expensive in a way like if I didn't have the money to do that, I don't think that I'm in a, in a financial position to have a, a baby anyway. Um, legally, it's a little bit difficult, but basically what I want to do is I'm be like, I'm going to have a kid. Let me get an egg donated surrogate it up you know what i'm saying you know shack him up inside of a a, a nice young lady to, yep. to incubate him Shit. or her and then have the baby and then it's just me i'm a dad this is my baby and now i don't have to interview a co-parent i just got to interview a girlfriend slash stepmom and then problem solved if shit doesn't work out then i'm all good i just think that the idea that we, that like your primary romantic partner and life partner and the child the parent of your children should all be one singular person at one point of failure is just a catastrophically bad decision mm -hmm. and historically you, you it had, <laughs> historically it's had to be you didn't have an alternative choice but now that technology is starting to give us a choice it's kind of wild that we're trying to make these three people one person like does that stem do you think that stems from a fear of losing a child in, in a custody battle in part absolutely yeah 100 100 generally if the mother's in a relatively good position in the world they'll always side with the mom is that true? Mom custody. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's it's one hundred percent true. See, yeah, okay, because I was reading insane. some articles. You you, I, ha you have parental rights. You still have rights unless you're fucked up. But yeah. the mother's almost always going to have like primary custody. Unless primary she custody. Does, unless she has a bad history or like a drug problem or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I've known a couple like, of homeboys who got their the, got their kids, the kid. and the moms was always like addicted to meth or some shit like that. Like the mom, yeah. the mom had to be terrible for it to get yeah. to like the point where they gave the. And then the, she might go to the grandma. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. After that, legitimately, yeah. I thought that was a myth because I and because I always thought what y'all said, but then I saw, uh, saw a couple of articles that said when you actually look at the data, and now I'm just I'm conjecturing it statistics, so you know, whatever. But they were saying when men actually seek custody, that discrepancy shrinks a lot, like almost down to where it's in men's favor. That like a lot of that. It, primary custody mostly going to women is that men don't seek it in the first place which i kind of be could fair, believe but yeah to be fair my experience is only within the state of georgia but i do know that in within the state of georgia like it's it's very difficult okay yeah, so yeah. even when Every you have a, a dad trying you can't okay but george okay. but georgia's even pretty it's pretty weird because like the parental rights of the father are a little bit different because like paternity and legitimation are two completely different separate like legal issues in georgia oh. which isn't which isn't common. You talking the birth like certificate Georgia, versus the DNA? Is that what that means? Or yeah, like it's like it's like legitimation is like your legal right to a child, and paternity is like you're biologically the father. And like most of the time, they're coupled. Mm. Like they're, that's like the same thing in Georgia. They're two separate issues unless you're married. It's mm. automatic if if you're married. Yeah, well, yeah, I, but I respect that that that's what you want to do with your life is be a single per parent and just be the only biological parent in the person's life. But I think it's also not everyone thinks that same way. And some people meet someone that they want to start a family with. And, you know, I want yeah. this person yeah. to have build half this kid. I want half of my kid to be like them. Yeah. You know, I, I think that there's something to I love building the idea a family with someone. I, I think that's beautiful that. as well, but nothing, but I mean, it's really incredible that you actually have that philosophy in life. And I think that's definitely something that's going to happen more, more often nowadays. But I think that some people believe that families are a very strong unit for people, for development, for growth, for, for long-term success and, and health. And I think that of course we are in a different direction where people are taking a path like you're going to take, which is mm. really interesting and really cool.
Yeah, I mean, look, so Eddie, the thing just is, real, like, just real quick, what movie influenced you to have that thought? That's, so what, that's what, scene, what scene in Malcolm X made you want to be a single father? Man, you know what? You know what? Marriage story. Marriage story. You, you asked the question. Marriage story influenced me to, to want to do that. But when I when I watch Marriage Story and, and I, I, I it, look, I, I said it was a trash movie. I think that the acting in it to me was really, really mediocre. And I, I disliked how much praise it got because I thought it was garbage in that direction. But the story <laughs> did generally put fear in my heart that, I, that was already there. But I was just like, oh, my God, these two people kind of love each other. And this system slash their resentment towards one another slash problems with communication slash entitlement just almost because that movie kind of ended on some happy shit. But it was like just by the skin of his teeth, like everything was fucking terrible they were at each other's throats it was awful and i was like why would you make you the the resilience of your life dependent on a thing like that and i already had that thought marriage story is not where i got that bro, thought. but bro. why on revolutionary road bro yeah Abs- exactly movie. exactly revolutionary but, revolutionary there's, there's, road scared the shit out of me bro i didn't, I didn't sleep for, four, for like 48 hours bro i was just like in like the living room just like this just like and that was a good. That was good at Leo and Winslet. Was Kate it? Winslet, Them yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to do a fight scene. That shit was good. <laughs> the thing with those movies is they show how relationships fail. Yeah, which yeah. is which is very more more common than ever now. The but they all have the same problem. It's a lack of communication. So if you yeah. want to have a relationship with someone, if you want to have a strong marriage and a bond that goes through decades. You have to be able to communicate from day one and be able to tell the truth. So, for example, a marriage story, neither of them ever communicated their own concerns or issues. And that's True. why ScarJo's character was always left by the wayside, doing what the husband wanted and letting him do his life mm. while she was raising the kid. Whereas the, enti- her, the entire time she wanted to do her own thing. And the thing to make it, the only thing that can really make a relationship work is open communication from both sides, being honest with one another and being able to fight all the time. I mean, even a small fight, but not holding things in, not holding resentments in, because then you have an explosion in two years when you hold it all in and then you just let it all out. But to be able to have debates and have healthy, it's okay to fight. It's okay to have a, a conflict in a, in a relationship here and there. But to, the, the, the more you work through them, the stronger that bond forms. Whereas if you never address conflict, like those characters in those films, it just builds into this insurmountable force that just destroys the relationship. Yeah, I love the idea totally. of you you sacrifice. You, you have to sacrifice. Married? Whereas in Marriage Story, ScarJo's character sacrificed everything, so Adam Driver's character had, could mm. every, everything. Rather than if they balanced what they both want to do with their careers. So I mean, and it's just a movie. So I don't think every relationship's like that, or every marriage is like a lot. That. A but lot I, have that element, though. That that's a fact. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah, every relationship yeah. has elements of communication and sacrifice. That's that's just life. Mm. But I totally agree with you, Anthony. Um, as far like with the communication piece, because especially because that's something that I've struggled with and still struggle with to this day. Like Thanks. for me, a lot of the times it can be so much easier to just be quiet and just like let shit go, because having the conversation seems like would actually turn out to be much more of a house of ver- versus if I would have just like let it go. Yeah, it's mm. people want to avoid confrontation, mm. and it, even if it's like little things, like say your girlfriend does something every day that it's like. It, it's not it's a little annoying but you're like you want to say something but you're like you know it's better if i don't say anything but mm. guess what she's gonna she's gonna do it two thousand times and then right. you end up so, hating and then which is a problem yeah, yeah. and yeah. then if you never bring up these problems they just build and build and it, it forms like this subconscious resentment of the other person in, mm. in some capacity then in, in two years when you see them doing that you're like 
oh, they still do that. And then it can blow up into a fight. So people will, people will tend to want to avoid confrontation because they think it's easier and like they don't want to cause a problem. And you want to risk starting a fight. You, want, you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. But ultimately, that's the best thing to do. And it's hard to do that. I've done that. I've had that problem too, like not wanting to say something. And then looking back, you're like, oh, I wish I was more upfront mm -hmm. about those problems and those we issues. We could have gotten past that problem if we had tried. I do, yeah. I do feel like, and maybe this is me making excuses, I feel like sometimes we talk about communication like it's easy. Um, not, not, not that it's easy, but that there's, it's always the right answer. Yeah, I it's feel the end like all be all. That it's the end all be all because one, I think some things it's almost nearly impossible to communicate because asking the question kind of dissolves the issue. Like for instance, if you feel like your partner is not attracted to you, having a conversation around that can be, like can almost destroy the relationship. Like asking the question almost destroys the relationship. There's some things you can't negotiate, um, and so that's not a communication issue. It's that there's something emotionally that's fucking missing. And if you go, hey, it feels like you don't feel this way. You can't talk your way into someone feeling something for that they, they don't feel. And the other thing is, a lot of times letting shit go seems like it has value. And maybe I'm wrong there. But a lot of times it does seem like, you know, you know what? She didn't, she didn't do the dishes, you know, tonight, but she's done them nine times out of the last ten times she was supposed to. That, and I asked her and she's actually improved on this thing and we're working on it. Cool. I should just let this one time go and encourage the shit that is making me happy rather than communicating about the one, you know, 10% negative thing. But then sometimes avoiding that conflict in those one out of 10 times can also, I, I don't know what the balance is, but that's, that's something that I, when you said what you said, Anthony, I think sometimes not communicating something is the move, but I could so be wrong. My, my thing is it, I 100% agree with, with you saying that like communication isn't always the end all be all because if you look at movies like Revolutionary Road, they were very upfront about what the issue was. It was it was ultimately in the beginning, at least it was we tricked ourselves into thinking that like, you know, in our you know, in our in our youth that we were so different from everybody else. And now we're in like mm. our, you know, late twenties, early thirties. And we're just like oh. every fucking body else. Yeah. Like damn, they were yeah. very upfront about they were very upfront about that and that's where the spiral started so i think that a good thing that i like about certain movies is when they show that like sometimes you just gotta leave you know what i mean sometimes yeah. like sometimes yeah. everything isn't fixable sometimes, sometimes communication doesn't fucking fix everything and sometimes you like, gotta get a surrogate that's what i'm telling you because it ain't gonna work even you if you do leave. all it, it's not gonna work <laughs> yeah but if, if you don't communicate Love early doesn't enough work, and, people. and have these conflicts maybe you're stuck with someone for a lot longer than you should have been yeah exactly but also you know it's okay to be selfish sometimes because at the end of the day it's your life and if a situation or a relationship is if you're stuck in it or if you're staying in it and it's causing both people to be unhappy that's not good for either one of you so i think it's a, a balance of a little bit of everything communication sacrifice and being a little bit selfish for both of you mm. and being willing to break up without negative i think that's the you know like i guess like with the whole me talking about the surrogacy thing and my fear of what the ending of a relationship looks like and can look like it's like i guess you got to look into yourself and choose a partner where it's like you know a thing ending is okay like we can just communicate it all and go look we're not for each other but we can treat each other civilly and i think that can be a difficult thing to find in a person sometimes because folks change and they get so resentment that you know if you had broken up with them in year five They'd be like, you know what? I want the best for you. But by year 10, it's, yo, I hate your fucking guts. So I want to take the kids. I want to take the house. I want to fight you. 
I want to make you feel what you've made me feel over the last five years. So I guess that's to your point, Anthony. Honestly, if you communicate properly, then at the very least, when things end, they'll they'll be ending without all the vitriol. So that's mm. a, that's, that's a good bit of advice. I think, think number one, it's just important to try to tell the truth as often as you can. Sometimes it's hard to say. But ah, some, I, think I don't know about that one. That's a, I don't know about that one. Some people in trouble. I don't know about that one. That's a, where were you last night? Yeah, I, yeah, I look, I, you, I, you, I was with you, but I don't know about that one. I, 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 I'll say this genuinely, because as a motherfucker who tells, the, who tells what I think to be the truth too frequently and has learned to tamp that aspect of my personality down over time, I think that it's more important to be kind than honest. Honestly, <laughs> kindness goes a long way. You're right. Yeah. Kindness is important. But but Anthony, I, I want to ask you: Do you? Uh, do you think, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I be lying. I be lying. But hey, but babe, baby, I lie for you. I lie for right. you. <laughs> you Your eyebrows look great tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I never dated a girl whose eyebrows look better than me. So it's always a lie, but it always makes me feel better. We're Italian. Yeah. Oh, but Anthony, do you do you think that you want to get uh, married? Like, or, or or actually, I don't even know. Are you in a situation, or you know, sorry, you know, maybe I'm putting you on blast. Maybe you're not Who, in me? a situation that you can be talking about on a podcast. But uh, oh, I'm yeah. single, and I got a I got a date and app, and I'm just seeing what happens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's got, good. I got on Hinge. I don't want to put uh, no labels on ago. it. Okay. Try Bumble. Mm. I try Bumble. It's, it's trash. Know. I'm not feeling yeah. Bumble. You gotta, Josh, you, you need to get a, Josh. You need to get a Bumble sponsorship. That's bro. what like, I'm saying, bro. You about know, <laughs> to get sponsored by Bumble in this. Yo, because Josh, has, Josh has been. Josh well, has been. Is I, I've I've realized as I gotten older, like when I was younger, when I was like in my mid twenties, early twenties, when I like was, I would try to go out with as many girls as I could, and I remember like my mentality going into it was like I'm gonna try and stick to this girl. That was my mentality, but now I'm at this mentality where like I want to go out with this girl and see if we have a connection. So mm. there's this there's a complete change in my direction and motivation for wanting anymore. to date someone that I'm still like trying to get around. So now I'm I'm back on dating apps, but I'm I want to be super selective in picking now. So, do you, do you know what you what you do you know do you know because you said you so we we can we can surmise that you don't want to be a whore anymore, which every man no. does once he gets to the end of his twenties. He gets his dick <laughs> ran through a little bit, and he's like, you know, Yo, I just want somebody to love me. The mid twenties in every guy's life is oh, the man. Come on, oh. yeah. And then he goes, you, you're like, you know what? I think I just want to focus on my craft and like find someone I can connect with. I don't want to yeah. just, you well, know, I really want a meaningful relationship now. <laughs> yeah. You know? And girls, girls are like, okay, community dick, sure, yeah. So it's a little bit late for that now. All right, you've had two chlamydia outbreaks already, buddy. You, get, get what you can. Shit okay? is everywhere. It's yeah. weird because, like, the idea of casual sex seems just, like, not something I want anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's no, all no. of us, bro. At this age, yeah. it's, every, it's all of us. <laughs> that's, yeah. I, it's because yeah. our testosterone has dropped. Oh, true, true, that's true, why. true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you think, know, oh, not, I wonder what my testosterone mine. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Not yours. Not yours. No, not like, yours. no like, legitimately. Legitimately, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. same shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. I, yeah. Hey, look, my testosterone was going up. I, was, I thought I was going bald for a little bit, so you know that's that means something. But I, I, I never, I never got this though. I never got this one. Bro, you know, this is like bro, the yeah. best I can do. Yeah, we, we're patchy. We can't grow a beard like him or you. See, like, I wish I could do that. You know, like, but, but if Andy could do it, and like, if if you guys could do it, it'd just be fucking unfair. Yeah, know? that's true. That's true. Because like, we, cause we got hairline, strong hairlines, wavy so. hair, and, uh, and a fucking full it's, beard. It's a, like, it's, a, it's a curse, bro. <laughs> 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 no, but all of our it's brothers lost it at the, in their early twenties. So I'm just praying Oof. every year. Yeah, they're they're all they're all twenty one, twenty when they lost it all. Oof, geez. Yeah. But it's Oof. a look though. If you got a good head shape, that sucks. 
Yeah. Damn. Yeah, y'all got. It that. happens to a lot of guys. Like, it's can usually, they pull it whatever off? age you are, that's how many percent of guys have lost their hair. So, like, thirty-one. Yeah. So about one in three guys lost their hair. It's, we just got to normalize baldness, man. We got to become more body neutral, more body positive. Hey, like, we, we yeah, stressing people bald, out. Bald, that would get tracked. That would get tracked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the same thing I said. It looks tough. I look like the rock. You can't be skinny and bald. Like, you just no kind of, you know. Yeah, you look like a skeleton. Like that's not good. Because you know? even if you're packing, like, like she won't be able to find. She's not going to want to find out if you don't look. Exactly. You know? I don't know. Bald, bald, skinny niggas kind of do well. I feel. I feel like women can tell that they've got big, big peepees. You gotta be like artsy. <laughs> you gotta be like artsy though. You can't be. You gotta be like. You gotta have some. I wear like Warby Parker glasses. Yeah, cool style. Like Chelsea. Yeah. Cool style. yeah. You still have yeah. to attract somehow. Nah. We're all, if you we're all artsy and bald is creepy. Like artsy and bald is like creepy. The birds with crazy feathers that are trying to attract other people. You know what I mean? Oh. You gotta make that yourself. That was literally beautiful. what we discussed yeah. last week. You no, gotta, like, that's you essentially gotta, what we are. You got a peacock a little bit. That's what yeah. I think dating apps are like in social media, really. It's just you're showing the best parts, and it's just like yeah, instead absolutely. of the bird doing a dance, it's like this you're is my ass you. on the beach. It's like the same fucking yeah, thing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. just plucking. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> 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 what yeah, TikTok is. I mean, TikTok is ridiculous. A lot of that is just people just like half naked. Just It's just very superficial about looks and stuff. You know, it's it's really weird. It's quite it's, sickening, honestly. It's like, I don't, I don't uh, mind yeah. that aspect, and then the the, the self righteousness that these motherfuckers yeah. like, portray, oh, portray themselves with. It's like it's just very sickening. It's like a what, digital what, mating call. TikTok, what do you mean basically. the self righteousness? Speak on that. Just hypocritical ass people, just being so self righteous and high and mighty, talking such cash shit about how terrible somebody else is off of something that really wasn't even that big of a deal. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Like it's very mm. superficial and very self righteous. Because it's just like how we were having a conversation yesterday, Eddie, is like a lot of people don't really care about educating people. Like they just want to seem smart and mm. appear that they really care more about a subject than they actually do. Yeah, Instead of actually taking the time to help somebody out and, you know, properly understand where somebody else is coming from first and then educate somebody. They just attack you like off, mm. off the rip. That's what I'm saying. That shit is, and that shit is also like heavily magnified by just the fact, like the number of people. Because I feel like yeah. you're not having conversations anymore. And even with the hotness thing, I, I'm not so mad at like the fact that we use social media and dating apps as like a sexual display. Like it's cool. Like people want to fuck, people want attention. It's all good, but it's, it does get a little bit crazy when you've got a million people who can see you be attractive, or a million people who you can see you be woke or self righteous or whatever it is. It gets kind of, it gets kind of weird. There's some weird effects there where you're not. From I think it messes with your head in terms of like desensitization in terms of what you like or what you're attracted to. And you kind of, if you're on a dating app for too long, you're like, get so picky about, I want this kind of person. I want them to look like this. I want this color hair. I want this fat ass. I want this over here. And you kind of just will never, never settle for anything that isn't what you want. Well, that's way because, because you see so many options of it. It's weird. Well, that's It's called pursuing the ideal. So the ideal mate that you want and we all have a different like idea of what our ideal is but the ideal is a perfection it's not it's not real it's a fantasy and when we're on dating apps there like you said there are so many options we still think that even if we communicate with these people and they're they seem cool and we go on dates we're still holding out for that ideal person that maybe we hope we can match with in a week and so there's this constant cycle of like we're always trying to attain that ideal 
And so we're never, never satisfied for what's in front of us. Yo, check it, check it. I think I, I think I just found figured out a solution to that shit. I think I just had a very smart ass idea. I'm it's not about to blow up over there, like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was seeing it. I was seeing Anthony, you know, do his idea. I was like, ah, right, no, I got what you said. No, I get it. Oh, no, he got more sentences. All right, calm down, Eddie. You know, don't interrupt. Empathetic listening. You talked about this in therapy. Let him get his point across fuck no let's do it now <laughs> words all right so <laughs> my idea is you know we like on dating apps and hinge and shit you can like set your parameters to like age height shit like that and everybody tries to like maximize like get the the hottest person they can and there's also these algorithms that run on the back end to where your access to other members on the platform is based on the hotness of the people who like your uh profile so like when you make a hinge you know profile or whatever you start off as like a five and then as you match with eights or nines or sixes or sevens your number shifts and then you start being seen by more tens or fewer tens and more fives or whatever um i think if we added just a little like metric on there to where you could put the maximum hotness that you want not the minimum but like i don't want to see anybody above a seven i feel like that could lead to love like if you added so, a maximum hotness thing on Hinge, motherfuckers would be getting married. So here, here, th and that's what I was gonna say. So like, I feel like Some great minds, bro. Great minds. To, <laughs> you have to, you have to modulate and calibrate. Oh, he gonna, he to gonna put the good words so, on it. Yeah, we let's modulate it. Let's modulate. Yeah. It. So, so, so I, I know what my ideal is. I'm also fully aware that me getting what I want as an ideal is a moonshot. Mm. you know what i mean so like i'm not even shooting for my ideal i'm shooting i'm shooting like around the rim of my no no and i was actually going to get into that I, I i think i think i've successfully punched significantly above my weight okay. with my girl okay like i like i like i and i, I tell her that all don't, time. No, I, bro, don't, the don't only, shoot no. yourself because you 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 are i mean you got a lot going for you. Not to not to dick yeah. ride, but you a smart motherfucker who really got it. You have your shit together in a way that most motherfuckers do not of any age, but especially not okay. your age. Yeah. So you, I will yeah. be a high value man, as Kevin said. <laughs> yeah, you a, you a high value man. No bullshit. So I, I I mean I'm not saying that she's not amazing, but you yeah don't don't downplay yeah, but yourself. No, but no, but I'm just saying I'm just saying like I, I'm I'm fu I'm fully aware that at least physically like I'm I'm punching oh, sure. I'm punching above my weight. So. You know, like if I'm if I describe my ideal, my ideal doesn't want me. My ideal wants like a fucking NBA player or some shit. You know what Jesus, I'm saying? So what's, your, like, what's your ideal? In I'm a way, like beauty I'm can be a like, privilege in a way. It is. Oh, it's one. Yeah. Oh, pretty privilege yeah. is a thing. Mm -hmm. Pretty privilege is a hundred percent a thing. You guys ever seen Five Hundred Days of Summer? Yeah, yeah. Again, a, again, a movie. That's, speaking that's, of movies that people misinterpret, mm, yeah. a movie that people misinterpret. Yeah. So there's a scene in that movie I don't know. where I one of the side was characters bitch, is honestly. talking about like who his perfect wife would be, and he's describing like this incredibly attractive woman, and she's got this bodacious rack. He says, and she's like this, but then he realizes, but I'm with the person of my dreams or who I really want to be with because she's real. So it's mm, again, it's oh, kind of yeah, like yeah, movies, right, right, right. Bring back, bring yourself back to reality. Get away from social media. Get away from Hinge and all these tens you think you should be with, and be with who you really should be with, or, or what would make you happy. Especially when you're yourself Absolutely. not a ten, because it's a lot of it's a lot of sevens. <laughs> a lot of people that in fire, they see a they see a God really high damn. number in the mirror. Yeah, it's like yo, <laughs> everyone, man. You everyone gotta... gives themselves a three point handicap. 
yeah for sure bro yeah you gotta you gotta go whatever you think you are take a point off of that and go for a half point above that if you think you're a seven you're a six go for a 6.5 and that's you a happy marriage on the mirror first then you, you, you gotta see you gotta see what you're actually saying so look on that note uh thank you very much uh raiders of the lost podcast anthony and james for coming through and look of course if if you're if you're dating someone who wants to date an NBA player when really they should be looking for a real ass nigga who's got his shit together, you might be seeing some red flags. But on the other hand, if you watch a movie like Five Hundred Days of Summer, uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, Taxi Driver, and you're looking at the main character and going, "Niggas on to something," you might be the one who's waving a red flag. This has been waving the red flag podcast. Uh, check us out on Instagram, YouTube, uh, fucking TikTok, all that good shit. Subscribe to the YouTube, please. We need additional followers there. Peace, everyone. Oh, oh, follow Alvin on Diversity Higher. Follow Josh at More to Life Media. Follow the Raiders of the Lost Podcast at Raiders of the Lost Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Anything else y'all want to shout before I close it up? Yeah, our website, RaidersoftheLostPodcast.com. You can find all of our stuff there, all of our, our content and pages. Woody whoop. Thank you very much, guys. Nice. I, I want to see, see a part two for y'all's Denzel episodes. Let's oh, that it. was a good oh, one. He was our first spotlight, too. So, yeah, he's, yeah. he's the best, man. He's the GOAT. He doesn't admit. I mean, honestly, I think I, the only movie of his that I've seen that I did not like was Equalizer 2, but I have not oh, I watched it. the movie. Come on, man. You just got to appreciate the action. Let's go. Why you start fucking people up? Let's go. I don't know, man. I don't know. He didn't do I action movies for well, years. He starts equalizing? Yo, he yeah. Started oh, yeah. Money. This <laughs> motherfucker started doing the equation. Money. Yo, man. This algebra. When he starts A squared plus B squared equals C squared on these niggas, when he starts equaling it up? No. Shit, when he puts out the equation on he started doing his, his watch. Hold on, I'm about to subtract some time from your ass. Okay, yeah. That's when the movie did the 180. You missed it. Also, remember the Titans? I thought was a trash movie. But other than that, every whoa, other movie I've seen whoa, of his is great. Whoa, trash. Whoa. Sorry, it was no. so bad. It was really bad. It was bad, bro. It's a beautiful movie. Titans is fucking phenomenal. Yo, I'm gonna bro. show you a scene. Watch it right now. I'm gonna show you a scene in that movie that makes that epitomizes why it was trash. There is a moment where Denzel becomes the coach of this fucking school somebody rings his fucking doorbell like 30 minutes after he arrives to the school he opens the door and the entire population of the city that's black is in his front yard to just uh, say hello that shit made no fucking Yo, it's sense Disney. Movies. It's Disney. Movies. What? Movies. you must you must don't know small town like football coaches is that real is that real exactly real? that yeah. shit was yeah. real Texas, like they're all football but the whole town, bro. South Georgia. That happened in South Georgia, bro. Because he said, but the thing is, it wasn't a barbecue. He said goodbye at the end of the scene after talking for five minutes, and all these niggas had to go drive home. Like, really? If it's like that, cool. But that, if you're telling me that, you know, reality is stranger than fiction, I'll shut up. Yes. Really? Reality wow. is indeed strange. Well, whether it right. happened or not, it's a really significant moment for the character and for the town. Trash. And, you know, trash. So, you trash. Know, I think they got, it's a movie. Miracle. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> show that stuff in and film. And why, why was Hayden Panettiere so just comically coach. racist? She's like six, yeah. and she's like, yeah. "Hey, you n-word!" Like, <laughs> what? You're like six, buddy. Like, I, I mean, I. But it's just, it was like this weird, adorable racism that they were trying to do. I, it was trash. Sorry, I didn't like the movie. The pacing, movie. The pacing was all over the place. None of that racism. Right. in that shit was adorable bro none of the racism right. in that shit was adorable they, bro bro you're t that the way they portrayed that little child's racism was weird as fuck and the pacing on the movie was well, garbage shit was happening way too fast racism weird as fuck anyway yeah exactly but they didn't play exactly but it didn't play